was a weird yeah it was a weird first half for Arsenal they had more shots but yet had less possession and Newcastle pretty much bust that game Arsenal lost that game in the midfield it just you know what is funny like because I, I couldn't really watch it so I would just log on and I was reading the updates on the Premier League app um, and I was seeing like little bits and pieces but before the game I, I had that uh, anxiety throughout the week and I I kind of had a feeling I was half feeling like you know there's every chance that they could just drop the ball they could bottle this here and then there's also half a chance that maybe maybe they show up so you know going off of other games in the season where they've lost one game and then gone on to lose I think it seems like that trend just continued yeah, yeah, you're right. Because when they've lost, it it's not like they've lost just one game. They've probably lost like at least two or three. It's like they're going to losing run, then they're going to winning run, and they're going to because before this winning run of four games came to an end, they were on a run of three games. Yeah, losing games. I feel I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people are attributing that to the I guess the majority of of. Uh, young players and you know, inexperienced but I think also there's a you know maybe maybe the young player thing also has to do with mentality um, I don't know I just no, feel like I mean I agree with the idea that it's because a lot of the young players have never been in a situation like this or you know really pushing for something and it's where I feel the few senior players experienced players I personally feel they, them. they have let the team down all season. Yeah. It's because I feel like the only reason why Arsenal is where they are is because of the young players. You're the ones who've who stepped up all season. It's it's the experience that has faltered for Arsenal. This was a game where you would have expected probably the experience of like of of Shaka to like, you know, pull them together. Okay, yeah, Odegaard was the captain of the day, but Odegaard is what, twenty three? Mm-hmm. Twenty two. Yeah, I mean uh, Smith Rowe didn't have a good game, but yeah, he's what twenty-one. The entire attack was was young, and so uh, pre- I think pretty much the oldest players on the field were El Nani and Shaka. And El Nani has deputized well the past couple of games where they won the winning run, but he's not. You know, he, he he's, he's only supposed to be like a Bruno Guimaraes. In, in yeah, Bruno Guimaraes had an amazing game today. He he pretty much you know showed you know why a lot of teams were in for him and you know and shows what a what a steal that uh newcastle did by getting him i mean uh, all in all watching the game it was like newcastle looked like the ones who were trying to get into fourth position rather than arsenal yeah. arsenal was second best uh everything i mean they were unlucky with the first goal that was a known goal i mean yeah that's you, just unfortunate yeah that's just unfortunate that, that happens to to a lot of to defenders and you can't say much about that but yeah, it just, I, I feel this was an experience everywhere, an experience on Mikel Arteta's part and on the players. And, and speaking of Arteta, I, I was thinking to myself, like, when we also lose a game and it's the next game, like, what does he say to them in the dressing room? Like, when you go to halftime, nil-nil, like, because I was trying to figure out, like, they there was nothing that they didn't show. You know, it was, it, it, to me, like, when Arsenal play like that, it looks like there's a fear um, 
that's just overtaking them and, and they're second guessing every single decision and, and they don't play with a sense of confidence uh, which is weird because when they win a game and then they go on to win another game it, you see that confidence flow through the the play so it, it feels like a very brittle mindset and and i don't know i i don't think it's that i think it's more of just plain old inexperience because one thing we always say is that good teams win games even when they don't play well the thing with this arsenal team is that if they don't play well they will not win a game but at at least they have to be at least be okay today they were bad on on thursday again in the north london derby they were the game plan was terrible in that game i thought in that game that you know because spurs were the ones that had to like put their stamp on the game that arsenal was just going to probably try to use spurs on game against them play a counter-attacking mm-hmm. game and it, it, they didn't play that at all they kept it open and stuff that played into spurs hands and antonio conte is an experienced manager he you know, he has been in this position pushing for stuff like this a lot more than Mikel Arteta. He has all the experience in the world, and unfortunately, he also has better players, or at, at least you could say he has better attackers. He has match winners in his team. Yeah, I mean, if you if, if you take Son and Kane out of Spurs, I don't think anyone would even pay attention to that team no. right now. So, it, it, I'll say it's still part of the growing pains. I mean, like if the season ends and Arsenal only gets the Europa League, I know it, it's it's going to be very painful, but I still feel that it's still a lot of positions higher than most people expected them to finish. And I, I think that's interesting that you mentioned that because, um, you know, judging from the immediate reactions across the board or across the fandom and from other uh, fans, pundits, and the like, going from a position where Arsenal had top four in their hands to now it's uh, in Tottenham's hands, um, a lot of the, the the chatter and the talk is that it is a failure and a disappointment of a season. But you're saying that you don't feel that way. And there are, to be fair, Arsenal fans that agree with you no, I feel it's that way. It's, it's because, you know, okay, that's you know. Let's say someone doesn't have a chance of winning a competition. You're an underdog, and somehow you make it all the way to the final. If you get to the final and you lose, yes, you'll be hurt, you'll be disappointed, but the fact that you went way f- further than where anyone gave you a chance for, it's still something to be commended about. The difference here in Arsenal is because Arsenal is still a top is considered a top team not really because of the players right now but because of their status because of their history mm-hmm. and so because of that history people expect Arsenal to be pushing for the top four but when you look at the players you, they honestly they have Arsenal right now just has decent players they don't have match winners in your team they have a lot of players who still need a lot of experience who still need to go through and the same also applies to your manager Maybe if Arsenal had a more experienced manager, things would be different. But it's it, it's it's you know it's still part of the growing pains. Like it hurts right now. And to be fair, I, I feel like a lot of people push the goalpost when it comes to Arsenal. 
because at first, like at the start of the season, most people were saying Arsenal are probably going to finish 10th or 9th because everyone felt they had wasted $150 million. And then now that, okay, they bottled top four, then you're going to make fun of Arsenal and calling them a bottle of jobs and failures and all that stuff. That's going to happen. And I think Arsenal fans should just prepare for that. But as if it, at least they can still say that, well, they're in this position from pretty much being last at the start of the season. They're finishing the season higher than Manchester United, who everyone thought was going to win the league or had a chance of winning, winning the league. You're finishing right next to Spurs, who people thought is like a team that's 10 times better than them. So there's still, I personally feel there's still a lot more positives, even though the ending looks to be very painful. I mean, one thing's for sure, that all or nothing documentary is going to be probably one of the best documentaries uh, in football just because of how the season has has gone but um you know speaking of players and uh, decent players uh one thing that could be looked at and and you can say fairly so um against Arsenal's board and their recruitment with Edu and Arteta is the fact that they had an opportunity in January window to bring in recruitments, but they decided to thin the squad. And the players that they went out were not necessarily players that were offering much of anything. However, not getting in any replacement in, in favor of going with a uh, your best 11 was extremely risky, and everyone said it at the time. That seems to be something that you can look at now. Um, because Spurs yeah. went in and got Lusevsky, you know. I agree to a point because, yes, I agree that, you know. I mean, they, could you say that is negligence or, or, or just like to being too no, risky? No, I don't think it's negligence. It's, to me, it's more of being too risky rather than negligent. Cause they, because I, I guess people like to act like we on the outside have more information and more knowledge than the people on the inside. Of course, Of course, they know that, okay, we're probably short here. I know they must have looked at it as like, okay, we're not playing a lot of competitions. There's no way if we have a bigger squad, we're going to keep everyone happy. I mean, look at Nicolas Pepe. He barely gets a game. Look at, I mean, if not for parties injury, El Nani would not be playing at all. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it, was a, it was a gamble. It was a risk. And, you know, and, you know we, like they say in life, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. You don't take any, you don't ever win anything without a risk. I mean, even let's say looking at uh, not to the city on the same level, but look at Liverpool for a while. Club literally just had like a really good eleven, and his bench was just okay. They weren't that great. This is the first season where they say, okay, they actually have you know a decent bench or they have like you know depth everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not something that's out of the realm. I think there's just more of a spotlight on Arsenal right now because of you know sort of the downward spiral. The, the club has been on the last couple of years. People said the same thing about Klopp when he first came to Liverpool. They made fun of a lot of the stuff he said, the complaints he made, the decisions he made. But now that he's winning everything, he's a genius. He's doing I, I, I think also the big difference was that when Klopp came in, there there was progression in the way that they, they got to, let's say, you know, uh, the final of the Europa League, then they got to the Champions League final, then they got to another one. So I think people haven't seen that. Yeah, but you know, those things didn't happen back to back. 
you know, we, uh, he, he's a, like people, I guess people sort of f forget how chaotic it was under Jurgen Klopp when he first came as well. His first mm -hmm. two, he had no defense it, in the beginning. Yeah, he had no pretty much. Their defense did not get good until Van Dyke came in, mm -hmm. and people seem to have forgotten that completely. Van Dyke and Allison were the ones that changed the defense of that team. Before that, Liverpool's old game was that they would outscore you. You score four, you score five. Mm. That was their game plan. So, and before that, I remember people used to come on, you know, attack Jurgen Club. They're like, oh, his team's defensive line sucks, blah, blah, blah. He won't achieve anything at this place. I mean, everyone has forgotten that. So it's all about, you know, you know what you do now. Anyway, we've that was a long ass rant. <laughs> I mean, on no, Arsenal. I mean it's just because it's it happened. No, I'm just today. saying. Yeah, yeah, while it's fresh, welcome to the show, everyone. We were like 12 <laughs> minutes in, and and we were just going on and on about uh, about Arsenal. Yeah, welcome guys back to Football by the Sea. I'm John, and I'm Jide. So yeah, as you see, we're uh, we're in the Arsenal blues right now because of. Uh, uh, because pretty much the team threw away their opportunity to get back into the Champions League. Uh, you know, while we're at it, let's just, you know, we s we've spoken at length about that. Let's just go through all the results of the past week mm -hmm. while we catch up. Uh, first on Tuesday was Liverpool getting a, a hard fort win at Austin Villa, mm -hmm. winning 2-1 to keep themselves in the title race. And then the next day in City, you know, still like... Uh, uh, City demolished Wolves. Yeah, which surprised me in a way because Wolves is usually their bogey team, but they had them on toast that day. Kevin De Bruyne hat trick. I mean, De Bruyne just—he was so deadly in that game. Was, yeah, I think it's the third fastest hat trick in Premier League history. Yeah, he—he was. Yeah, he was—he uh, yeah, was, was super sane mode. Yeah, for me, still the best midfielder. One of the like, I would say top three in the world, in my opinion. To be honest, mm, who, who who would you say is above him as a midfielder? Oof, that's tough. Um, playing in the top leagues right now, um, I don't know to be honest, because I'm trying to think of the top teams in each league. I don't think there's any like you can slot him into any of those teams. That's the thing. I, I yeah, okay. If you look at the top teams in every league, okay, in the Premier League, the other top team is Liverpool. And you wouldn't say any of the midfielders on De Bruyne's level? No. I, I mean, Thiago is amazing and they have yeah, great but midfielders, he, but he's not. He's, I, I, no. He I doesn't do what De Bruyne does. No. Okay, if we look at Spain, maybe in Real Madrid, you could say look at Modric. But yeah, but like he's, he's kind of past. Yeah, a little bit his prime a bit. Barcelona don't have anyone you could no. speak of. Uh, see, if we go to France, it's only pretty much just PSG. You can't. I mean, who in P there's no one in PSG on that level. And if you go to Italy, who's uh, it's Milan and Inter fighting for for the top spots. You wouldn't say any of the midfielders. So it's not even about top three. He's even number in one. Germany, who would we? Bayern? Yeah, in in Germany as well. So he, to me, he's number one. Yeah, uh, no I one comes close. That. Yeah, so going through the results on Wednesday, uh, Chelsea put their grip back on third place mm -hmm. with a 3 0 win over Leeds. Yeah. Uh, which is just a bad game for Leeds. Uh, uh, they got a red card in the first half. Daniel James, a bad Again. tackle. It was just. 
it, it was just poor. They could um, they could go down, honestly. Yeah, they could. It's definitely it's still it, it still goes down to the it's last. It's still tight. Game. It's yeah. still very tight, and uh, uh, less uh, Norwich gave away three points again to uh, to Leicester, mm-hmm. and then Everton uh, drew with Watford. A yeah. team who's already relegated away. It's just very disappointing from Everton. Um, very disappointing. But then I have a feeling they'll probably turn up for the final game well, against funny, Arsenal away. Yes. I mean, season. They, when they played against Manchester United, they beat Manchester United. When they played against Chelsea, they gave Chelsea a really strong game. So it's like they only step up against the big teams. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday, we already mentioned it. The North London Derby, Arsenal thrown it away and given all three points to Spurs. Uh, and which it was it was it was a game of it, it was a weird game because, you know, I think it's another thing that we can talk about an inconsistent side and something I mean, we we've, like we've a, gone a lot on Arsenal. I don't think we need to I mean just that. just in terms of I just want to talk about the red card situation and the um I felt the red card was deserved. No, I I, I agree. I was just going to say um about the the only thing I think the referee did wrong in that game was the penalty. I thought he, the other decisions were fine. Right, but but what I'm saying is that it, it seems that um, in the games where uh, Arsenal start very brightly against a big team, like we saw it against City, we also saw it against Liverpool earlier in the season, that they somehow get these silly, silly mistakes. And it's not from kids, it's from the actual the uh, older players the senior players so again just shows you what kind of overhaul needs to happen uh, you know during the off season but yeah oh, well we'll see how that goes but you know Spurs did what they had to do the mm-hmm. home crowd was really behind the team and yeah it's just it, the only thing I just felt that was strange was that penalty decision that's yeah, something we see bit. in every game and all the time and for some reason the referee decided to to give it as a penalty and I saw that uh, retired referee Mark Clattenburg was like, he was surprised that that was given. Really? Yeah, because he was like, he said, you see that like in every game and no one really gives it because like it's it's pretty much just jostling, like people throwing each other, throwing themselves at each other. Huh. And usually, surprising. you know, stuff like that, you usually give it to the defendant. That, that's surprising. A lot of like pundits and some people were saying that they thought there was, you know, a clear penalty. No, well, a lot of I saw a lot of pundits were saying that, but then when you look, well, I saw a lot of fans were saying the opposites because I was even seeing yeah, Liverpool a lot of fans, fans were, were deb- even Liverpool debating. fans were like, "What on earth? That that's one of the worst calls they've seen." Mm-hmm. I was seeing Manchester United, I was seeing Chelsea fans. I was like, "These are people that don't care about us," but even yeah. they could see that like, it, it's it pretty much that's the only thing I can say gave the advantage to Spurs. But the rest of it, the the, the two, red card just two, yeah, kind of that was just changed the game. Yeah, but that was just done by the player, uh, by Rapold, and he expected more from Again, him. Again, the senior players. Anyways, um, yeah, and then on Saturday was the FA Cup final. Yeah, with, speaking on that real quick, um, very boring game. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know why, and it's it it feels like deja vu, like you know Chelsea versus. Uh, Liverpool again, um, as we saw in the Carabao Cup final not too long ago, and again it went to penalties. So I was like, okay, maybe Chelsea can do something, but 
Um, you know, Allison, I mean, to be fair, Mendy did make a save. Allison made a save also, but... Uh, no, I mean, both teams had chances to score during the game, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, Pulisic just didn't have his shooting boots on because he had the best chances for, for Chelsea. And I mean, neither did Lukaku. Yeah, but I think Pulisic had better chances. He had about mm-hmm. three or so. And and the same thing with uh, Liverpool. But yeah, it just, you know, he went to penalties again. And for the third year in a row, Chelsea lose an FA Cup final. Yeah. Like, until you mentioned that to me, I didn't know that they had been to so many recently. Yeah. They lost to Liverpool this year. Last year, they lost to Leicester. And the year before, they lost to Arsenal. Yeah. So, they were probably cursed in the FA Cup. <laughs> now, the the only thing that annoyed me is that like so many people were celebrating this win for Liverpool saying like you know they haven't won it in like 16 years it's a great cup to win blah blah, blah. but and it was also the same thing last year for Leicester when they won their first FA Cup but when Arsenal won it the year before that they were like calling it like a poor man's trophy Mickey or a baby yeah or a baby trophy and it's like there really is something that like it's like when Arsenal you, you does see something, it right there's a there's, there's a, like a bit of a like a pile on there's a negative narrative <laughs> I was like why is it why is it like this and, I've, and like the only pundit I've seen mention it is uh, is Micah Richards this season he, for, honestly Micah Richards seems like a very un, he, he's a City fan but he seems unbiased to a lot of like you know the ways. Um, no, when it comes to done. when it comes to City, he's biased. But when it, he seems to be a bit more level-headed, and I think maybe it's because he's a bit younger. Maybe. And also, I think he's not from the same generation as people like Gareth Neville, Carragher, and uh, uh, and Roy Keane. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, remember it was when people were complaining about you know the celebration police and you know also when Arsenal first got the uh, Spurs games postponed, and then he was like. What's the issue? Said other teams have done this. Why is everyone attacking Arsenal mm-hmm, right now? Mm-hmm. And well, anyway, well, anyways, yeah, that doesn't that's, matter. <laughs> that's the. I bet other teams will also have the same perspective in their head. Of that yeah. teams always things go against their team as well. And yeah, so it was just. I just thought it was funny that Chelsea had lost three FA Cup finals in a row. That's hey, uh, talk about it. No, no, it, it has to be really painful. Can you imagine that? Getting to like, you know three what? finals in a row and losing all three? No, well, here's the thing. Because in between that, they just they won a Champions League. So they no, can... No, no, of, I understand that. But but that's a different case. That's a different, all different competition. Yeah, but what I'm, I'm just talking about this one. Com- I, I know, yeah, the Champions League would probably soothe the wounds and stuff. But it still doesn't look good to lose three cup finals in a row. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And, and I bet it must be painful. But, you know, when it's not, I guess, something that you see talked about that much. So I guess, you know, a lot of rival fans yeah, no, in the I, media don't really think about it as much. But I, I'm sure Chelsea no, no, no. fans do Chelsea think fans about it. are thinking about it. I think the reason it's not being mentioned a lot is because, I don't know, for some reason, the media seems to be really happy about Liverpool going for the quadruple. Yeah, so a lot yeah. of that is is pretty much brushing over a lot of the other stuff because I think if 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 Chelsea lost to any other team, they would have spoken about it a lot more. Mm-hmm. That oh, Chelsea just lost three FA Cup finals in a row, and this season they've lost two cup finals in a row right now against the same team. 
So that's why, you know, when Guardiola came out and said, oh, it seems like everybody wants Liverpool to win, I knew, like, the English media was going to, like, turn against him. Yeah. But I, was, I always felt that, like, you know, there's a there's a bit of a truth to that. No, and, I, I do and, believe and, and the reason I believe that is because low-key, I also wanted Liverpool to go for the quadruple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is, I think, you know, again, like, your club is a likable personality. And no, also because of the way that um, yeah, because, uh, Liverpool developed their, yeah, it, their it, team. And, and it, it, their it, it harkens club. more to, you know, actually, you know, the building classic, a team yes. and like stuff. I mean, I mean it, 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 it's I guess very romantic. It's still easy to forget that Liverpool also spent a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But they, it's not kind of viewed that way because they were also shrewd. With some of their yeah, they were sales. yeah, with some of their sales and and also I guess people seem to forget that you know that because thinking about the money they paid for like Mosala, no one knew he was going to turn into oh no, it was the a world beat, beater he is. No one th- thought money was going to be this good. Yeah, Van Dyke was a gamble at seventy five. Yeah, no one thought Van Dyke was going to be this good. No one thought yeah. Allison was going to be that good. Even Diego Jota, who they just got recently. He wasn't putting up these numbers when he was at Wolves. No, not even close. Yeah, so a lot of these players, it he's you could say that he's definitely made players better. And so no yeah. one expected that, but it, they've spent money as well. So, and, and I think because, like I said, because of that romanticism, we sort of gloss over it. Yeah, we, we definitely do. We definitely, do. but also because in comparison, a team like City has just outspent everyone else in general in a shorter amount of time that it just the, I mean, the technically, everyone feels like they're grasping at straws technically they haven't outspent everyone United has outspent that because United have spent uh, yeah that is <laughs> more money and done worse so but but I still get what you're saying yeah and, and I think all people also f- forget that City never really paid more than like 50 million for a player it's only recently that they paid uh a hundred million for for Jack Grealish, but before that, every player they were buying, like the highest they ever paid, was like fifty million. I remember when they were trying to get uh, Alexis Sanchez from Arsenal. Uh, I think Arsenal was asking for like sixty, and they said no, and they let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't. Uh, so that's why I was really surprised that they paid the hundred million for Jack Grealish. I thought I think maybe they're trying to give the team a lot a more English feel, and maybe to help it. Because in a way, I felt like the Jack Grealish hit was more of like a PR thing. To make the team look more English. Well, we know they wanted Kane. You know, that's another English player. Um, yeah, that's why I, I thought part of it. But anyway, pushing that aside and speaking of Man City, they dropped points against West Ham on Sunday. Very surprising. Um, I didn't expect West Ham to turn up the way that they did. But, uh, you know, they gave City a really good game. They were 2-0 up. Jared Bowen has been very impressive this season. Um, yeah, he just continues to, like... Like turn off for, for West Ham and uh, who knows maybe another team I try to take him during the summer but uh, but I doubt he'll leave right now um, yeah it, it was a great game they were leading 2-0 but then like good teams do they managed to at least get something from the game they came back yeah, and should have won like an own goal right I no, no, no. Oh, no, sorry. It was, it was a Dragulish, like, volley. Yeah, sorry. It was, the, it was, it was, was the, the equalizer that was, uh, that was an own goal. Yeah. And City could have won it at the death, but then Mars had his penalty saved. This is the second time I've seen him take a penalty and just completely just, like... I mean, it wasn't, like, that bad a penalty, but... It wasn't it, that bad, actually. It was it, For me, it was more a better save than it was a terrible penalty. 
Yeah, he j- I f- just felt like he didn't put enough power in it. But also, mm-hmm. it wasn't all the way in the corner. And it was also like a good height for when goalkeepers dive. But I would say it was like, it wasn't as like as bad as the penalty that Mane played oh my in the days. FA Cup final. Yeah. Because, uh, and, and this is the one thing, just to go on a tangent a little bit about penalties, that I don't understand this. Because like, okay, if you look at the uh, Penanca penalty that... Uh, Karim Benzema scored against City in the Champions League semi-final. Mm-hmm. Everyone calls the Penake, oh, like, oh, my God, the ball's on him, blah, blah, blah. But I think that if the keeper just stands still and catches it, he, he looks, looks like absolutely a Absolutely stupid. <laughs> you look absolutely stupid. Like, you know, the, the whole... Okay, like, um, okay, the penalty that uh, Bruno Fernandes missed against Arsenal where he did his hop skip mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, whenever you do those extra gimmicky stuff and you miss... You look like an idiot. Yeah. But why is it that when you score, you look like a genius? I was like, they're I, like, we. He was never in doubt. I'm like, I think yeah. he was in doubt. <laughs> I was like, penalties are still kind of luck. It is. Yeah. Because for me, anytime you play a, a penalty low, you're pretty much gambling on the keeper going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. It, it's why I've always said that. To me, Harry Kane is the only person who seems to really understand penalties and puts them in. I mean, although, yeah, the one he scored against Arsenal was sort of low and hard and the keeper went the wrong way. But normally, he plays them like high and... Top, top bins Yeah, like all top the time. bins all the time. So it doesn't matter if you go the right, uh, the right direction. And he puts enough force into the shot. Yeah, so when, that when I said that, oh, what a great penalty. I was like, he only scored because the keeper went the wrong... It's the same thing, even when Aubameyang was still at Arsenal. That's, all these penalties were always like low, not even hard. And it was always gambling on... Mm. I, I I just I just hated those, but and I I got that off my chest. It's your little tangent. Yeah. So anyway, moving on to continue the results on Sunday, uh, Leicester decided to improve the goal difference against Watford, and Watford said, "Have at it." I right, beat them five one, and then uh, Leeds fought back to tie with Brighton to give themselves some hope yeah. in the relegation. Yeah. I was surprised. I thought Brighton was gonna like actually beat them but i mean danny welbeck early on in the game scored a really i think it was a was it he scored or did he assist i think he scored a really nice goal and um leads the 92nd minute equalizer i mean they still have a bit of a chance they only have one game left um yeah everybody only has one game no everton have two games no. Everton and Burnley have game in hand. Oh yes, and uh, and Liverpool as well because they didn't play this weekend. So, um, yeah. so and then and Burnley, unfortunately, lost to Spurs. It was a hard-fought game. Yeah, and no, Spurs okay. again at home got a penalty. That was the only goal of the game. I mean, what did you think of that penalty? I mean, I felt it was a penalty. Mm. I've, I've, honestly, I thought this was the right decision. Ball. It was a handball. It's just it comes back down to consistency. Cause, right, right. Because I remember last season Arsenal against yeah, I think yeah, I think it was Burnley away, almost like the exact same thing, and it didn't even go to VAR, and it wasn't given as a penalty. So mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, it, it's 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 the reason why I continue to see that English referees will never get picked for international tournaments because they just do whatever is in their head at the moment and it just doesn't make sense oh you didn't talk about Aston Villa Crystal Palace drawing 1-1 uh, yeah, it was just a middle of the table pretty much a nothing <laughs> no game no repercussions 
yeah there's no repercussions and so uh the last remaining games final match week yep well it's still game 30 the remaining game 37s tomorrow we have southampton versus liverpool i know uh it's a game you expect Liverpool to win, but they dropped points here last season. Mm. And yeah. I, I could see them dropping points, but the fact that Man City drew to give them just a just a tiny sliver of hope. Yeah, the thing, only thing you wish, because in the FA Cup, like and Salah had to be redrawn for injury, but I don't I haven't followed up, so I don't know if it's serious. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Van Dijk was also substituted, but I don't know if it was for injury or if it was tactical. So that's the only uncertain thing, but I, don't know, I still feel Liverpool. But then again, in all the games Liverpool have lost this season, I expected them to win. Yeah. I expected them to have too much, but somehow they lost those games. So, but I, I feel like you know Liverpool are probably going to go all out for it, and who knows? Who knows? Based on what we see in this league, is like making predictions is a it's, it's is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, and then on Thursday, we have Everton versus Crystal Palace. Yeah, this is a huge, huge game for Everton at home because... Um, yeah, they're playing at home, and at home is usually where they turn up. Oh, Ivan... Yeah, we forgot to mention... We didn't even mention the Everton game this yeah. past weekend where they got two red cards and oh finished the gosh, game with, yeah. with nine men against uh, Brentford. Um, like that was a huge, huge result because um, that was a weird game because um, you know I, we thought Everton were going to turn up and they, they were down to ten men but they were still able to get in front. Yeah, they they got an equalizer, um, and then they went ahead because um, Richarlison um, got a penalty. They scored it. They were two on up with ten men by half time. And you're, I was thinking, you know, all they have to do now is just hold on. All they have to do is defend for 45 minutes. And I wasn't watching most of the second half, but then I checked, uh, I turned on, you know, to see where the game was. And then I saw it was like 3-2 to Brentford. And I was like, what the hell happened? Yeah, I saw that as well. I saw it was two red cards. I was like, what is going on? Like, the second red card came towards the end of the game. Yeah, he came for, I think it was a Semedo. He was only on the field for like four minutes. No, no, it was Rondon. Oh, yeah, Rondon, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, that was a horrible cameo. Um, came on for four minutes and got... Like, I don't know, whenever that happens to a player, I wonder what goes through their head. Like, I literally just got in the game and I'm being subbed off. Yeah, I, it's... I, I can't imagine yeah, what... I, I don't get... Yeah, that reminds me also in the FA Cup final. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Chick was brought on for... For the first half of the uh, extra time, and then I think he was taken off at the start of the second half of extra time. It's like, <laughs> why? Yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't get it. But yeah, but anybody, but that's completely something different. It's like, it was just like at this point, I feel like it's down to the players who were just letting themselves down. Yeah, because they didn't need to get those red cards. Because I don't. yeah, because right now they've had two good managers in a row that haven't been able to really step them up. Carlo Ancelotti is an amazing manager, mm-hmm. but then it's like maybe he saw something was missing here and it was a sinking ship, and he bolted to Real Madrid, and then they got 
Benitez in. Benitez has won trophies pretty much everywhere he's gone. Mm-hmm. He won the Champions League with uh, Liverpool. I mean, he won the, the Europa League with uh, Chelsea when they were having like a really bad season and turned it around for them. Even though the Chelsea faithful hated, hated him the entire time, he won the league with Valencia in uh, 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 in La Liga. He's done stuff, and then everything made him look like a knob. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, they did. Um, and, they, uh, and then they they fired him, and then now they got someone inexperienced in uh, in Lampard. But at least Lampard has shown that he can get his teams to play some decent football, like he did with the young kids at Chelsea. But I, it's, it's it just looks so. It, it's like because you you normally think Everton is, Everton has a big history and it, they're. Yeah, and I was rooting for them to stay up, but then after just seeing what happened in that game, I was like, I kind of don't care anymore if they stay up or not. No, because, because it's, it's like it's it's almost like a, a giant of the English game falling, like because it would be. It so is a giant of the English game. They're they're crazy. Main, they're one of the few teams in the, that have never been relegated from the Premier League. No, from English top flight. No, from the Premier League, not top flight. Oh, um, well, I guess they have the longest running streak behind Arsenal for for English top flight, um, but. Re- realistically them going down is is maybe maybe it's a good thing if it happens i don't think it'll happen because they do have two games but they could be safe if they beat crystal palace on thursday crystal palace is no walk in the park and we've seen that everton only turn up when they play one of the so-called big six well when they've played hmm. teams around their level they've usually lost the only team i think that they beat that was on their level say was probably leicester that i can remember and I'm thinking the red cards really didn't help them, so you're leaving yourself short. Um, I don't know. I don't. I can't say what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. And I think a lot of their players have like a relegation clause in their contract that I think if they get relegated, some of them have to be sold, and or some of them have to go on pay cuts. So it's just yeah, it's. But I mean, here's the thing. Um, uh, Brentford play Leeds on, on the Sunday they could lose they only have one game left Everton have like I said even if they lose against yeah, Crystal Palace yeah but Everton's opponents aren't easy Crystal Palace is not easy and True. even though Arsenal isn't playing well they want to have a good they're, they're, home, final home game yeah Arsenal want to have a final, good final and they're playing away Everton's away record has been uh, well it's been better than their home record but mm. it's, it's nothing is guaranteed for them I would say if I had to put my money on it at this point, um, I I think it might be Leeds. I think it might be Leeds. I don't think Brentford would lay down um, because no, Everton is one point ahead of Burnley and Leeds, I believe. If we just yeah. check the table real quick. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Leeds are above Burnley right now. The, they're a point ahead. Leeds are above Burnley, but Burnley's have those two games. Yeah, they're playing against Austin Villa tomorrow, which also Villa... Oh, Villa is not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be a walk in the park for Burnley. Mm. And I know Villa themselves, yeah, okay, even though the season is almost done, they will still want to win. So the only thing I'll say that Burnley, like Burnley have, okay, the extra game and they have a better goal difference. So for them, the best thing they can do is just not lose their next two games, and they could be safe. Hmm. 
and we've seen that they could defend pretty i mean they'll just yeah. rough you up they could defend pretty well hmm oh, yeah it's 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 all to play for honestly in the relegation battle right now yeah and then uh then we have chelsea versus leicester uh, there's no stakes in that game yeah no stakes but i know it's i think yeah i think chelsea still want to put on a good show mm-hmm. for their home crowd yeah and you know they'll at least they want a game to get the fa cup final out of their mind yeah as for leicester it's it's been it's been such a disappointing a bad, season bad, they've had and, a bad season and, and i think it's been overshadowed by the fact that there have been so many other bigger storylines happening so no one's really kind of yeah just, i think they're in the bottom half of the table i believe oh they're nice oh, no no though they're nice right now yeah but it's come from where they came from last two seasons like you would have expected them to do much better yeah you, you would have and then all oh, teams can still uh, overtake them yeah so it's not it's, it, they re- could easily finish in the bottom half and then so that's the end of uh game 37 and then championship sunday all all games all at the same time yeah you know it's what makes championship sunday fun uh great so there we have arsenal versus everton brentford versus leeds brighton west ham burnley newcastle chelsea watford Crystal Palace, Manchester United, Leicester, Southampton, Liverpool Wolves, Man City, Villa, Norwich, Spurs. So pretty much the important games are Arsenal, Everton. And so even like for Arsenal to get top four, they need Norwich to do them a favor. And that's (laughs) unlikely. So let's just forget that. Top four is pretty much Conte's and, uh, and Spurs at this point. I mean, Norwich just have laid down for everybody this is everybody i yeah. mean it's like you would think pride would nothing <laughs> i think they do have the pride they're just not good enough I, I think they just don't care anymore it's like i don't know anyways yeah so that's uh spurs win all the way because it's a game that i feel like spurs could probably even play their kids and they'll probably still win that game yeah it's so just it's uh so, but but think about it, even if Arsenal don't get in top four, I still feel like they at least need to win their last home. Yeah, game. no, they need to they need to just get some uh, pride back. Yeah, and Everton's going to be fighting for their lives. Yeah, and Everton fighting. exactly. So we they they have to put on a show at home. They have to win that game, yeah. whether they get top four or not. And I think they should just even stop thinking about that at this point. Yeah, just just accept that you know, play. this is your fate right now, and then come back strong next season while Everton. Because, yeah, everything have to come out. So it's a game where even Arsenal can probably even play like the away team. Just <laughs> sit back and then hit Everton on the counter because everything have to come out. So, and then the other, then the relegation, other relegation fight, Leeds versus Brentford. Also uh, these are the game. two teams that were like dogging it out in the championship when they were in, this, when they were in the league together. And so, uh, I mean, they had a lot of good battles, but then that was with Bielsa in mm-hmm. charge with Marsh with uh, Marsh I think um, in my opinion I feel like you know the players may also have let him down the way that I would say with Frank and with Everton because they've had players get red cards and make silly mistakes 
go down to 10 men against Arsenal and against uh, against Chelsea also. So they just need to keep some composure. Brentford at home is not by any means easy. Brentford, they don't have anything to play for, but they're, they're going to want to play yeah, but a nice was, final home game. Yeah, of course. You always want to have a nice final home game to, to close out the season. You know, it, like no matter how bad the season is, if you at least win your final home game, you know, it makes things look you know, not good, but at least... It's, yeah. it's, it's, you have to give it to your fans. Yeah, you have to give something to your fans. And then, see, Brighton, West Ham, eh, no one cares. Burnley, Newcastle is going to be tough. I'll be so mad if Burnley actually beat Newcastle by like 1-0. <laughs> I could see it happening. No, it could happen because like you said, Burnley are... Are are fighting for their lives, and Newcastle since the turn of the year have been a have been a very good team. Yeah. So it is gonna be a tough game. Yeah. Um, all these relegation fights are so intriguing. They're um, intriguing, and then it, it's like I said, everything is gonna be decided on the last day. Mm-hmm. So, we, so I said it's yeah for me definitely best Premier League season in a long while, at yeah. least that I can remember. And then if we skip over the other games that don't really matter and go to the the whoever is gonna win the champion that's it. Yeah, that's the Champions League, but the but the Premier League. Liverpool is playing Wolves. I think Liverpool have that in the bag, if I'm being honest. But given how some of their games that they're supposed to have won are but I think on the last day like they know what the assignment is. Oh yeah, they definitely do. And that's I mean, cause this is not the first time both teams have been in this position. This was, mm-hmm. this was the same thing that happened when uh, City got to a hundred points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came down to the last day. Pretty much, Liverpool won their game, and then they needed Man City to to not win their game, and then Man. It's it's Man almost City. like the you know, it's c- kind of similar to the situation that Arsenal Spurs. The only difference is that we know Norwich, you know. No one really has a hope of Norwich doing anything as opposed to, let's say, Aston Villa beating Man City on the last day. Yeah, no, the funny thing is, well, the thing is that both teams are playing at home. Right. So you still feel both teams are stronger. The time when when, um, when both teams were going for the championship, City were playing away in the last game while Liverpool were playing at home. So, every, so it could... So you felt, you know, and you know, Brighton started that final game well. They they scored first against City. And then people thought, oh, maybe Liverpool might just win it. But then, you know, they, they turned it around and, and beat them 4-1. And mm-hmm. won the, and got to 100 points. So, it, yeah, the fact that both teams are playing at home. You, I, you would think that Man City is going to have this in the bag. You would, yeah, you would think so. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine Austin Villa being the team that's, Stops Jack Grealish from winning his first <laughs> trophy. That would be insane. If and no, the the other more important storyline in that is Steven Gerrard being the manager that gives Liverpool the title. Yes, that would be crazy. That's another one. So you know, that's you know a a lot of interesting things to watch for in the final. Um, the final games. Um, the other ones that you know don't have any meaning really are Chelsea, Watford, Crystal Palace, Man U, Leicester, Southampton. Um, 
no stakes in those games. So I, I will yeah, not be so, watching Yeah, so yeah, we just yeah, we'll be back again for that. And about we already got some uh, some what you, some transfer news. Holland has pretty much been confirmed for for Man City. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if it's jealousy or annoyance, but some people really feel like Holland is gonna fail at City, and their reason is so. that because they feel like Man City will have to change their entire playing style to accommodate him because you know Man City were able to get this far without a recognizable you know striker or, or not record but at least they were playing without a striker for mm-hmm. most of the season and so you know that's you know that if they bring Holland in that's going to force them to you know change things and it's like I, I don't know where that's coming from because if you see the number of balls those wide players and De Bruyne can play once they have like a very good target man all I see is him scoring more goals mm. and uh, looking at how Pep um, sets up his teams especially at City the player conforms to the team like City did not change their style to fit Jack Grealish when he came in or anyone else They, it's always the player that has to fit into Pep's system well yeah, you would say so, but Pep modified his system for yeah, yes, uh, Sergio Aguero because Aguero was just that prolific in front of goal. Because I remember when he first came, the whole thing was that like, oh, uh, Aguero is not a Guardiola type player. That you know he he's he he doesn't you know have that same sort of flair that he wants it. But Aguero just made himself that important to the team that he was scoring. And since he left, they haven't replaced him yet. They were able mm-hmm. to like share the load of goals by the other players but no no one in that city team is winning like a golden boot the way how uh, uh, no not even close so if Holland is the like the Aguero replacement and oh they they're he's even if they don't win anything his goal record is just going to continue to go up yeah he's he's so prolific it's ridiculous I mean 84 goals in 89 games for Dortmund like get out of town yeah and um Speaking of, I don't know what other transfer news that you have. Uh, I mean, there were some rumors about some Arsenal transfer with some defender from Bologna, but I haven't seen much of that. And then some other kid from Brazil. Uh, yeah, I think he's a Scottish left back. Uh, yeah, Aaron Hickey. Yeah, um, I haven't. He was also at Celtic before going to Bologna, so. People are trying to make a Tierney connection there. Here it is, that. And then the other one that I've heard stuff about is uh, Ten Hag and uh, what he's going to do with uh, Ronaldo. I mean, the amount of videos I've seen of Ten Hag incoming, all the players that are going out, Ten Hag's demands. I was like, let's see what happens in, in the off season because it's also going to be a very big transfer window for every team especially Manu, because of how disappointing their season has been. Um, and it's it's also like, like there's so many storylines that sometimes you forget how bad Manu's season has been. Uh, especially, you know, and um, we can go into that all um, in a future uh, podcast after the season ends. But yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about. We can do like a season review and um, talk about 
those who exceeded expectations, those who didn't, and what we look forward to for the next season. But uh, did you have any other thing that you wanted to go over? Uh, no, just uh, looking forward to pretty much the end of the season because the roller coaster of the season has been crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I just wanted to end the whole, you know, will they, won't they. Yeah, my heart it, you can't know. take it anymore. Yeah, I just need a nice break from it. So, so yeah, I'm just uh, hopeful. And have a nice hopeful for good things. Yeah. Someone's coming to the U.S., but I don't think they're coming to New York. But, um, yeah, just um, have a few months break. And, yeah, well, then we go again. And then we'll also have the World Cup in the, towards the end of the year. So, yeah, this is one big year of football to be honest yeah it is it's gonna be a really big big year so uh, if you got nothing else i guess that's it from us tonight no, yeah uh once again thank you for joining us we'll catch you guys uh for the end of season well for end of premier league season uh podcast next week and then we will and then, then we'll still have just a Champions League final, I believe. Mm-hmm. So thank you once again for joining us. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye.